Welcome to Maz Garage. I'm Kev. I'm Crick. And I'm Smokey. And on today's episode, we're talking about pursuing your passions and the grind that follows. And joining us on this episode is Zach Atwood, formerly Atwood, and now known as Within the Void. So grab a log and join us by the fire. Like I so tell me about how it started with Atwood. Okay. Um well I've been making music forever. Um I think I started playing guitar when I was 12. I did that for a really long time. Uh did the metal thing for a long time. It, Kevin and I were in bands together forever in my garage. Didn't know about that. Yeah, uh, I did forever. Um and then uh, you know, I moved to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin went with me for that too, this huge long drive. And then I moved all over the place and I ended up, um, in Texas. I had lived in Texas for a little bit when I was younger, but I went back there and, uh, was trying the, the music thing in the metal scene. And it just, um, didn't really support itself. And it was really expensive. Um, mm. every time we would go one, it's really hard when you've been writing music forever. And then you're working with other people who haven't been working as long. Um, but you can't really tell them that, like, I've been doing this for longer than you, you should listen to me. And that was really frustrating. And it, it kind of makes you sound like a dick, you know, there's really no way to say that. Um, so I wanted to do like a, like a solo project thing. And then also, uh, every time we went to record, it was like, if you want to record with someone good, it's at least $400 a track. Um, yeah, they got some obscene numbers on their time, dude, you can charge people two grand a track. You can charge people more than that. It just depends on how good you are and and how reputable you are as a recording artist. Crazy. Yeah, but it it bothered me because I only had a limited amount of time in the studio to get it right. And they didn't care about my project as much as I did because they're just a recording artist. Mm -hmm. And the other people just want to be in a band. And for Mm -hmm. me, it's like, I really don't want to do anything else. I'm not happy unless I'm doing this. I I need more time. So um, I bought myself an interface um, some studio monitors, which are speakers. Um, and, uh, I bought a MIDI controller, um, like a piano, like, uh, this thing. Oh, okay. Not that specific one. That one is ridiculous, but I, I got it myself a cheap little one, you know, uh, so I could start recording. I mean, I legitimately like didn't eat for a while (laughs) so I could save everything like wherever I could. Um, so what's ramen, ramen, ramen noodles and hot dogs. Oh dude. Yeah. That and like, yeah, it's, it's all that stuff. Everything you can think of just being as cheap as possible. Um, mm-hmm. it would bring donuts to work a lot too. And you know, I, I would just do everything I could. I tear up free donuts at work. All yeah. Right. When you go to work, you get the free food and you're just like, this is why I work here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did that and I wanted to record metal music. Um, and I had a bunch of different bands. Um, all of them failed miserably because I had zero idea of what it took. Cause like, you just think about playing the shows and like people listening to your music and stuff. It, you How just, awesome it's so, going to be right. Dude, it is such <laughs> a long, complicated journey that is based on a lot of really lucky moments and key decision points. Um, mm-hmm. but I, 
I got, I, I couldn't afford a DAW. Uh, Pro Tools is the industry standard for recording live artists. Um, and then there's Cubase, um, which is also a good one. Um, but both of them were in like the five to $700 range. I couldn't okay. afford it. Um, so I torrented FL Studio. Um, I was like, okay, this isn't as good of a DAW, but it, a DAW is a digital audio workstation. Oh, okay. Um, but it, uh, you know, I, I might be able to live record on this. Um, and, uh, I wanted to do, I had guitars and stuff. I had my interface. So I was supposed to be able to do it. And it was just hard. It was production is one of the most like overwhelmingly difficult. That's why not everyone does it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, that. uh, uh, one day, um, <laughs> one day, uh, I was hanging out with, wow, this is such a weird story. This person, I was hanging out with a guy who the girl I was talking to with all the time would always get back with him and we should not have been friends. Um, she was kind of a mean person. Um, she really like messed me up a lot, actually, uh, like psychologically one of those. Yeah. But he was so kind to me all the time that like, I couldn't help but listen to him and he never hated me and he probably should have. Um, cause I was like the new thing. Right. And, right. uh, I ended up never talking to her again and I am still friends with that guy. Um, he oh. sat me oh. down. Uh, I was, I was tripping. Um, nice. and, uh, uh, wait, is that okay? Is that good? Can I say That's that? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 We're all adults here. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, I was having kind of a weird emotional breakdown and he came over he wanted to come over um, and hang out and I just, yeah, I, I let him come with just him and he came over and uh, he sat me down and I was talking about um, just how depressed I was at the time. Um, Cause I felt like my dream was passing me by. Um, and that, that's that whole, you know, that's that it's why it, you have to chase your passions because it makes you happy, you know, otherwise everything just feels like work. It's all right? very overwhelming. When it's you don't have yeah. the, when you don't have like a concrete vision. Yeah. Cause you know, all you see is yourself on the stage doing the thing. Mm-hmm. But like I said, there's so many inner workings and stuff. That's just like the icing on the cake. That is a celebration. Sure. Uh, and, and I see people treat it like it's work and it's like, dude, that is like the easiest thing ever playing a show. It just is. It just, that comes naturally. I think um, production doesn't, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he, uh, he sat me down and he's like, I want to show you somebody. And he showed me this artist named Feed Me. Um, and that was my first electronic artist I was ever into. Um, mm. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, I wonder if I could make something like that. And so I got on and I did everything digital, which I had never expected to do. I just wanted to live record guitars and stuff. You know, this is this was after the fact, but like this was like the next day. Mm. Um, I thought it was so cool. Um, and then I started trying to make beats on there and it, it would, everything sounded like crap. Sort of like a garbage version of dead mouse. I don't know why it's because you, you don't understand structure or when to change things. And dance music is very different than metal music, even though it still follows structure, the structures are different. Um, you think about the different elements. Oh dude. So many, even the timing and like the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know this at the time, but the reason I like dance music so much is because a lot of the songs don't need any words at all, which is weird. Oh. Right. Because right. everybody has vocals on their tracks. Those are the best tracks. A lot, yeah, a lot of a lot of people. 
Yeah. So it's, and that makes sense. Human voice is the most human element in the track. Mm -hmm. So it's Absolutely. the right to the strongest. Right. Mm -hmm. And then right. lyrics upon that can hide messages in the songs, you mm -hmm. know, and then the better you are at that, like the more addicted you are to the message and usually the more powerful it is. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I love that. And I, I started doing that. Um, then my buddy took me to a, a rave. Um, actually it was, uh, it's called life in color. Okay, um, I yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot of people go to those. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who I think I've seen really some pictures of some friends that have gone to some of these. Oh, dude, it was so cool. Uh, it was a big festival. I didn't go to a normal show for my because there's shows and then there's festivals. Festivals okay. are incredible. I recommend everybody go in their lifetime. It is the most awesome, carefree experience, and the weight of the world just drops off you for a couple of days. It is awesome. probably probably up there with like an electric forest. The community and the friendship too. Yeah, with people no, electric like... forest is a, is a festival. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love festivals. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, so yeah, he took me, and I was like, that's it. Like, that's the thing I've been missing. Like, I've been doing the wrong music. And my dad used to say it like, you know, you really should try something other than metal so you can, he was saying it as in like, so you can support yourself. Uh, Cause he doesn't understand, but he knows that the metal shows that I was playing with have maybe a hundred people show up. Mm -hmm. Whereas other kinds, a bar. He, wasn't, he wasn't thinking dance music. Yeah. He, but he just, he watched people do that already. Um, and I he was telling you not to get stuck doing what other people have already done and do something. Yeah. Better. Yeah. But for me at the time, Avenged Sevenfold and Bullet for My Valentine were the best bands ever in Kill Switch hey. Gate, right? So right. that's so my go to. Yeah. I mean, you, you, talk, you talk to some <laughs> real metal heads and they will talk about some of the older ones. That no, are, those guys made it. And then yeah. that's, that's kind of like a fuck you because it's like, well, they did it. Why can't I? Do it? You know, <laughs> exactly. That's like you're telling me to not follow my passion for a uh, logistical reason. Cause, but you can't worry about that when you're a kid, but as an adult, you know, that shit's expensive. You know what I mean? Right, like, of course. You're going to have to be able to support yourself and doing the thing that you're doing, you're not going to be able to. Um, but uh, not shitting on anyone in the metal industry, because if you do make it in that industry, and even if you don't make it in that industry, I'm glad you're chasing your passion. Cause that was your thing. Mine just changed because I heard feed me who uses classical rendition to make a genre called electro house. And he does okay. it in a really unique way. Um, there's no one else on the planet who sounds like him. Other people tried to, um, but it is a cheap imitation, like a Walmart brand cereal. It is just not, it's not the same. Uh, that's how, that's how genres work. Huh. Someone makes something new that's never been made before with it, with influences from all over and like, mm -hmm. you know, funneled through them. Right. And then after that, people heard the sound. So they're trying to recreate that sound instead of using their own sound. And then you get those watered down versions and that's what a genre is. Um, I want to be on the, uh, I want to be like that. I want to do for somebody what feed me did to me where I was like, I have never heard anything like that. Like, what is that? Holy shit. How? Um, but yeah, so I, I, after that festival, uh, I spent my rent money. Uh, I had to ask my mom for money, which I never wanted to do ever. Um, and I did, I spent my rent money on a DJ controller. <laughs> super irresponsible <laughs> but i just i wanted to so bad i was like that is so cool that's following your passion right there Dude, i needed it i needed it and um we talked about thinking, that before is sometimes just having the equipment shows that you're a professional you know yeah. having the right equipment I, makes you much sure, more professional it puts you in the right mindset yeah. as the professional oh, yeah dude you know because like otherwise you'll buy video games and stuff we yeah. video games you know video, video games that simulate it's not the same right yeah yeah, it's, um, it's not. It's, it's not a boost same. to your confidence too, because it's it's 
you're investing in yourself. You're saying I'm worth putting this money on my passion. So you're literally like standing up for this is worth it to me that I can invest that money. It's weird because that is exactly how I feel, but definitely wasn't my thought pattern because I was 22. I think none of us have that thought pattern when we're right. in our young twenties. Right. It's subconscious. Yeah. You don't understand it, but it's so hard sometimes yeah, to spend money just, on you. I need to yourself. do this thing. I understand now I can do something with this. Um, yeah. Just that following your passion thing. Like that was where the fire really lit. Um, and then I was, I had a couple different names. I really didn't know what I want. I was just trying to pick something that sounded cool. Mm. Um, uh, and I had one called introverse like the universe inside yourself. Um, I remember that uh, one. People, people like that one a little bit. Um, but then one day I was DJing um, at Stereo Live. I lied to them. I don't lie anymore. Um, but back then I would, it didn't matter. I lied all you the time. You got to do, right? Yeah, I did, get that door open. Even beyond that excuse, like I as a person did not understand the value of the truth. It wasn't until later in life that someone made me be honest with them completely about everything that ever happened in my life. And then I realized, oh, it actually changes the level and plane of existence that you live on. Like there's a place where you know, everything is truth or false and you don't have to question it because everybody yeah. around you is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to get there. Uh, I did not understand that. Uh, that is kind of complicated, <laughs> um, but uh, it's a yeah, rough was, life lesson. Yeah. I was used to using a controller at home where the software is on the computer. Okay. Um, and then the buttons just control it from the controller. Right. You could technically just use a computer and your mouse to control it the other way, but that would be incredible. Yeah, I want to. I want to say a buddy of mine had like some uh, website that he was going to that he was just like he had like um he had like a disc by like USB that he plugged into that he could like move the disc, but then he used his mouse on like the other one. He was able to like queue up music yeah. and stuff. Yeah, there's t- there's tons of softwares like that. Um, but on CDJs, it's the industry standard. You have so many artists flying in all the time that you don't want to use computers for that. I see. So. It. CDJs are like in between like, I think like eight and 12 grand, depending mm. on which ones you get for a full set. And, uh, oh, sorry. Um, and, uh, it runs on USB. So you use record box to, it's a software to put all your music and your cue points and stuff and organize it into folders. And then that just transfers on the flash drive and you just plug that in. And then each one of those little things have screens on them where the discs are and you use each individual one and they're all linked together. So you can also uh-huh. use each other. And you can have more than one flash drive plugged in. Um, yeah, so I had to figure it out on the spot. And I thought I did terrible, that they're never going to have me back. Um, and then like uh, a week and a half, well, no, like two weeks later, um, on the same day, um, Parker just hits me up and he's like, hey, man, I didn't, someone didn't show up for their set. Um, is there any way you could uh, play tonight? And I was like, yeah, man, what time? Let me get ready. He's like, That's awesome. 10 minutes ago. i'll I'll be there in two yeah i was like i'm on my way now and i'm I'm freaking out and i already have a flash drive ready because i dj at home all the time because i'm obsessed with it um and uh, this is where like i was producing a bit but i was djing a lot more um and then i went there and i played on the patio and it was a sold out show that's why he was freaking out because there were so many yeah he just needed someone yeah. So you have like the main stage going on and then on the patio, that's where everyone smokes and talks when they're, when they need a, a breather, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I gotcha. And back then the stereo live patio in Houston, that's a legendary venue. Like that's every big artist you can think of has played there. I've seen Skrillex there. I've seen wow. like everyone above and beyond anyone you can think of. Skrillex uh, live would be insane. 
it was insane. It was very uh, insane. Actually, I was on mushrooms and I saw him for the oh, first time. Oh, that's even better. Blew my mind. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was a solo show. I went and played and absolutely killed it. And it was the first time I'd ever had like a crowd that big in front of me. And there's this weird feeling where like, it's more than just spinning music. There's like, everybody has their own individual feelings. And then there's this like overall feeling kind of like how cancel culture works with mm-hmm. like the collective conscience as we all have the internet and are connecting to it. And like, we're of all, course. you know, we're all individually pissed about this one thing. And it's like, wow, we probably shouldn't do that. And then someone <laughs> gets canceled for it. Same mm-hmm. thing, but like feeling while everyone's going. And I had the whole crowd into it. I've never had that before, before that moment. And that was where I got addicted. I was just like, I, when you can, when you can see that you have a level of a quote unquote control or influence over a crowd of people, that's when you're invested. That's when you're like, what can I make these people do? Like, let's, let's all go in and let's have the greatest experience that we can have. And you're the one that's dictating and guiding that whole experience. Dude, it is. it's like an orchestrator you're sitting there dictating mm-hmm. the whole energy of the crowd and the vibes and what emotions you want them to feel when and yeah, yeah. It's a yep. um, but yeah so I, I like that conductor for, i like that for a long time um and then i was playing and then um you know i was still introverts at the time and then uh my buddy randomly told me he's i told him i was thinking about changing my name and he's like to what and i said a couple other random shit that i thought was cool that had no real meaning behind it he's like no dude you're atwood like that's what everybody calls you is Atwood. Like that's who you are. Like you need to be Atwood. And I tried it and I made some new visuals with it. And then, uh, damn, this is deep. This is part of the passion thing. Um, I was also like really depressed at the time. Um, still all the time, even though I'm chasing my passion. Um, I didn't know yet. Um, I wouldn't find out till later, but I have schizophrenia. Um, and when that is like undiagnosed and, you can only compare your experiences to how other people are explaining life is to them. Mm. It's, you know, like it's a, it's, it's a very weird specific thing because not many people have that thing. So no one could right. really, you know what I mean? I didn't have anybody right. to, relate. I just thought I, I was crazy or something. Well, I was, but like something was wrong with me and um, I was dealing with that and I was super suicidal at the time. And um, I went through I was dealing with this thing where I realized people weren't being genuine with me and I was investing myself in friendships and relationships more than other people were with me. And that just made me want out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It made me, I I had the thing where I realized if I was super into somebody that would make them not able to be as into me as I am as them or vice versa. If someone like really loved me and cared about me, I couldn't give them the same thing back because I didn't feel the same way. And that freaked me out. So I was in my room um, and I was going to kill myself. And, um, I, I like, I was actually going to do it. Not like a, just a thought where you have it and then you don't really do it. Or when you do it a little bit for attention. So you know that people love you. It was like the real thing. I was playing Russian roulette and it clicked like two times, like, like that. I had it to my head. Um, and I freaked out and I was crying and I threw the gun across the room and, uh, Parker Clark calls me not calls me, text me. Sorry. Um, this is an old memory. Um, and he says, Hey, uh, can you play? This is your big shot. I want you to play de- uh, direct support main stage. And it was such a, 
you know those moments you have where like normally life feels like this big random series of events and chaos but then like it just all of a sudden feels orchestrated i think this is right. why people, mm-hmm. people believe in god for this reason that's right. when they talk about god being in their life yeah. that's what it is i have a different way of looking at it i think we are all one thing experiencing itself through separated consciousness and i think people are just our different perspectives on the same exact same thing happening you know and like that was probably the most god i ever felt in my life was right then because it was like because wow, you, you were about are, to miss that moment you are the mm-hmm. man that you they just called yeah right. yeah you almost pushed out and missed your moment so there is a point to staying here you know like no matter how hard it is like there is a point like you are moving forward you're getting things out of this and um yeah after that things changed for me a lot um i played that main stage set uh with my new logo and everything and everybody just loved i i think i did better than the the headliner, uh, which I feel bad about because he was very nice. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a, it was a full packed show. It was ridiculous. Uh, that was your unveiling of the Atwood. Yeah, that was my unveiling of the Atwood. Nice. Uh, yeah, and it felt super cool. Um, and then everybody wanted to book me, um, so I got really into the DJing thing. That's, and that's how you grew. Yeah, and then Atwood just became a household name here in Houston because I played everywhere. I was willing to play every show. Um, my whole life was about DJing and parties and trying to get to the shows, um, which actually backfired on me because I was still like homeless most of the time. And a lot of people didn't know that. Um, but, and I was broke as fuck because I was trying to spend every moment DJing, producing, getting into it, understanding. And there's so it is a lifelong process. Um, and I, uh, uh, I'm an addict. So like, and now I'm recovered. Um, that's why I was at, before this, I was at the gym. I need that. So, cause my body wants to consume things and I can trick my body into thinking that I'm giving it the thing that it wants by using proteins mm. and food and eating constantly. And like having that feeling of growing and changing. It's the only thing I've found that can combat with it. Um, uh, but I had a really bad problem with cocaine for a while. Um, because everybody had it. And right. everybody wants to party longer. Very prevalent um, in the electro industry. Yeah. And it was less embarrassing to ask someone for a bump that would make it so I wasn't hungry um, than it was to ask someone for a meal because that just feels really bad. Damn. So, yeah. And I so this is not an individual story. So many people fall into that trap. Um, I can see it. It was a problem for years. Um, then I, um, met my girlfriend. It was still a problem. She didn't really understand the level of it, of where I was at with that. Um, and then when she did, she helped me, um, got me back into working out, got me healthy, um, understood what I was. She's the one who helped me figure out that I was schizophrenic because <laughs> it was like, I would see things that would, uh, that would, it sounded like how I was thinking, but then it's like a but weird that- thing to commit there. You know what I mean? Now, even that I know it, I have these random thoughts that it's called a delusion. It's part of the mental illness. Right. I have delusions that I'm not schizophrenic and that I just want your attention. But it's hilarious because that in itself is a delusion. And it, it's it's me not giving myself credit for the suffering that I am currently doing. You know what I mean? Because it, right. it that. So it's like, it's, it's a really weird thing. I'm trailing off, sorry. Mm. Um, oh yeah, so did that for a while. Atwood was cool. Um, then I met, um, Xavier, um, who is like my best friend in the whole world. Um, and he's, uh, he's ghost data, um, a pretty well-renowned artist. Um, 
he's done a lot of really big music. Um, he lives off of it. He's living the dream. Um, he's on no labels. He is the most artist artist you'll ever meet ever in your entire life. <laughs> like when they show the like French color haired artist, that's like kind of jaded because they're so fucking good. So they hear some shit art and they're like, it's lazy. <laughs> like he, was, he was that person, right? Is he uh, a, is he a very eccentric person? No. Oh, wait. Yes. Um, but also very introverted, but now is learning to be extroverted. I was ah. the extrovert that he met that helped him learn how to deal with the scene. He doesn't know how to talk to people or didn't. Now he's great at it. Gotcha. Uh, he has autism. Okay. Um, so it, and then that's funny because we found out later that autism kind of balances with schizophrenia because I invent infinite problems that aren't real. And he likes to solve them. And that makes it so he doesn't freak out. It's funny. No, that's what it does. It, it is a balance. Yeah, you can keep each other busy thing, forever. Well, it's always got the same thing. And then I go back and I look through like a lot of my friends and all of them had autism. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I was, I was entertaining was, them. It was actually <laughs> more prevalent in our youth than we thought. Just because we didn't I, know how to, no, my and I feel like our okay. area especially just didn't know how to handle autism. Well, it's like, like Michigan? I'm, I'm talking about like West side I didn't of know Michigan. autism was a thing until like oh, the last yeah. decade, like uh, growing up like. in the nineties. No, autism was, was actually, not nearly was, a thing. Everyone and every generic. child had ADHD. Yeah, right, was, exactly. And I was put on those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jared. Oh, I was going to say, it just wasn't diagnosed as much back then, but then now it's more prevalent. And they say that mm-hmm. statistically the numbers of people having autism are on the rise compared to like people without autism. But the reason it's on the rise so much is because it's always been there and we didn't know how to classify it. Right. Because um, it's a spectrum. There's a whole scale to the levels of And they, they all have are. different problems. I love me autismos, dude. Those are my favorite kind of people. Because uh, like I said, I invent infinite problems. It's, it's so bad sometimes that like uh, if a storm comes in too strong or I hear a siren, it activates my flight or flight response. So it makes me, you know, that feeling when you get in a car accident or you're about to get in a fight and time kind of slows down mm-hmm. I have that like tingly feeling on the end. And it's like mm-hmm. it's my spider sense, like it turns it on <laughs> and it won't turn off and the siren's gone and the thing's gone. But I'm like, this is the end of the world. Like the meteorite's about to hit like it. And, it, and I go into these full delusions where it's like, it's really, really tough, man. Whereas I just think it's the end of the world. And my girlfriend knows it so well that like um, she won't react right away. She has to react kind of slowly and she waits to see Cause sometimes I'll spit, it's called spinning out where I'll like spin out and I'll be having a full on delusion. I'm creating this huge story. It's also why I used to lie so much because my brain would create the story and I would want to tell it cause it was such a good story. It would <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And then, um, but she'll wait and she'll see it. And then like, if I'm really starting to worry for like more than a couple minutes, she'll be like, it's okay. I heard the siren too. Nothing's happening. They were going for something else, but it's not affecting us. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> She's like, yes, Zach. I'm sure nothing bad is happening right now. I promise I'm actually you. on the phone with the president right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're actually, the um, yeah, they're calling the in the missiles. The, uh, the anti-Zach program is in, in full effect. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, but it happens to me often. Um, so having two people, um, well, autism, a lot of people don't understand what they're doing is they're hyper-processing everything. Mm-hmm. So we'll look we'll look at like um, a picture on the wall and we'll notice some things about it, but they will notice every tiny little detail, any mistake, any, like when they look at people's tattoos, holy shit. Like I have to tell them cause it's a social disorder and they think that they got, 
you should really come to my artist because the line work on your tattoo here is really bad. And if you see all those little jet and then you're like, you can't say that it's forever. They can't get right, it done again. Right, but they're like, yeah, yeah, but I don't want them to get more bad tattoos. On you. I know that's the truth. <laughs> you're right. Like it's, even, the most it's, oh, even, it's even worse when it's your buddy that did the tattoo. And they are, oh, they yeah, have dude, so the, much pride in that tattoo. And like, hey, you have by no the idea. Way. You have no idea how many. If you look up Ghost Data, you'll see how big he is. Like on Spotify and YouTube, he is massive, millions and millions right of plays. You really, yeah, you should check him out. He's fantastic. Um, he does that to my art sometimes, and it it sucks because it like it hurts. But he is telling the truth. Like, oh, your drums aren't coming out on top. And I just spent. 60 some hours writing this track and he's like it's okay don't be upset like we just have to change we have to cut out some frequency and get your kick drum on top but that's so awesome because it's honest you know right. I mean? and i and it's i needed right. it, it was yeah, that's it was, what you needed to, it's, it's, to find it's that true feedback stuff. that you need right yeah other people can't handle that shit though you tell a girl her makeup looks bad because she did the <laughs> eye thing wrong and she's devastated oh. well especially yeah. when it when it's your art like it's like that criticism at first to your baby especially when you're getting started and don't have your confidence in your work yet like yeah. you want that honest criticism you need that to grow but at the same time it's like you said i just put hours into this and the first yeah. thing especially when it's the first thing they say it's just a negative it's like oh both man. of them do that too i'll clean most of the house and i'll forget something and she'll notice the one thing I it's, it's not her fault it's the truth that's yeah. the truth i missed the thing i should have done it there's no need to tell me about the good things that i did because i already did them <laughs> right. it's like all my feelings that one right. thing right yeah they're a little disconnected from feelings though and they understand things intellectually on a truthful spectrum and i need that because being schizophrenic i exist more on a feeling spectrum and like a wizard, my logic will just go straight out the window. So yeah, it is hilarious. Um, oh, but yeah, so I did that forever. That would thing was cool. I played so many shows. It was hard to not see me on a lineup. The local scene was like flourishing. It was incredible. Um, and everybody was doing the same thing. Everybody was all playing a genre called rhythm. It's what um, you'll see excision make that kind of thing. Okay. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I think it is a prime example. Uh, it's very telling of everybody trying to do the same thing as someone else. Cause dubstep used to be really creative in all kinds of different ways to do this thing. Um, sure. It might be at 150 BPM, but they were vastly different. Um, now everyone's trying to do the same thing down to using the same presets down to not changing those presets really? down to yeah, man, it is just like if you, it's the most oversaturated genre I've seen ever next to Big Room. Big Room was the other one where they were like, oh, Big Room works. Let's everybody only sign Big Room. It's the label's fault, too, because right. labels are all wanting to sign the same thing. They want all their artists to sound similar so they can tour them together. Uh, but then, you, then everybody's making the same thing. And it's not special anymore. And it happens yeah, like every you have that le You have that less personalized touch to the artist and how they contribute nothing is original but it also is original you know because like, they're still coming out with it it's it's yeah, like the I, other artist that you said the one who who got yeah. you into yeah where it's like he had a complete different genre that made you appreciate it because he he went his own way but it's harder to do that because like you said the record label's looking mm -hmm. for what's selling so if you're Dude. bringing them something they never seen before if they never heard before they're gonna be like 
why do I back you? I don't know if this is good or not. Exactly. Right. You know? And then, super frustrating. I'll circle back to that. Cause we'll talk more about that because that's where like people will think that, like I said, I'm this weird jaded artist, but it's not, I just understand how the thing is working and I'm watching the effect it's having on all of us. Cause I don't do labels. Um, and, but, and that comes from Xavier and I'll, I'll explain that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I did Atwood forever. And then I met Xavier. He saw some of my production was like, dude, you're actually like, good like you're close like you need to change some of these things he showed me how to side chain um, which is a pr production technique that it you use volume automations it makes the volume like move up and down you can draw it out um every time your percussion hits like your kicks or snares it dips the sound really fast so that, so that it doesn't only interfere on top. Uh, yeah okay. so it's really important wow. in dance music, but it's important in all music i just didn't know and he's like dude he's like it's so funny because you're smart He's like, you're designing all your synths to have a, a later attack rate so they don't hit when your kick's hitting, but you don't have to do that. You can just have normal noises and dip the sound. And he tells me, <laughs> to this day, he tells me all the time, he's like, dude, you're kind of genius, but in the most like abnormal, weird way ever. <laughs> he's like, you actually made it harder on yourself. Right. Uh, but that's all I knew. So um, he helped me with that. And we started hanging out more. Um, then um, my best friend at the time, um, fucked me and my girlfriend over, um, on a lease that we had just signed together. And it was a really expensive lease. And I made him promise me like, dude, you can't dip out on me on this. And he'd done it to me before. And I forgave him and I shouldn't have. And then I got screwed for it. And that's why I don't do that now. Um, those are rough. Dude, he laughed. We were, our rent was almost 2k a month. It was a lot. Um, it was just like unsustainable because you know, being an artist, you don't make a lot of money, especially at the beginning. Um, right. And uh, uh, I was talking to Xavier and, you know, he had moved here from Oklahoma um, and he didn't really like his living situation. And I was like, well, dude, we need a roommate like that. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, and he came to live with us. So he, he replaced that. Um, it's weird how life does that. You know, like you cut out one poison and then it gives you something better. Life kind of rewards you for that with like higher quality people because you're expecting more. If you expect nothing, you're going to be surrounded by shitty people. Exactly. I did that. I agree with that. I, I did that forever trying to be nice, but I wasn't being nice to myself. And yeah. you're giving that time to all those people that didn't deserve your time. So you didn't have time for other people. Yeah, that and you really have to surround yourself with people who want to do something with their life. Because if you don't, you'll do what they do and you'll play Smash Bros every single day. You'll get off work, you'll be tired, and you'll assume that you have no energy left to do anything else, which is not true. Close, I know that feeling as well. Yeah, you know? So it's like, um, you know, Xavier was working on his... Oh, he's going to be mad at me if I was wrong about this, but I believe his seventh album. Um, he had just released his sixth album, and he was starting on the seventh. And the sixth album was called Voidwalker, and it was very, very successful was that it it might have been the seventh i think he's working on the seventh um he's working on a new album moved in with us we had so many cool life experiences together um because he also liked tripping um and was incredibly honest like gisella was so oh and then uh one time we had this trip together um and he was talking about how he thought that or he he was talking about pretty matter of factly in a way i guess his perspective he just thought everybody knew this but he was like yeah man like you're me and i'm you and i was like what do you mean because i'm like Trevor, and i'm like like 
like you're saying like like we're the same because we're human and he's like no like energy can't be destroyed so if you look at the water cycle like all that energy is just changing shape it never actually disappears even if you vaporize something it just turns into vapor and i was right, like right. shit i was like i didn't think about it that way but i've always had this thought and because uh, i understood it through a weird ass schizophrenic crazy way mm-hmm. i thought that i was imagining all of this and i noticed that because my ma- my imaginary friend never went away that was one of the reasons i knew i was schizophrenic uh, his name was jolie um, and then later I let him pick his own name because he thought the name I made for him was stupid. My imaginary <laughs> friend never went away. And then I would notice people like Kevin who didn't talk about an imaginary friend and all my friends, they didn't have one. And then one time I accidentally talked about it. And so I was like, dude, you're kind of too old for an imaginary friend. And then I was so scared to communicate it after that. And it sucks because that little moment kept me not knowing where I could have gotten help for myself and understood myself better but they made me feel like shit. And I listened to them because I thought that was a thing. I don't even remember who it was. I just remember someone saying that, like you're a little too old for an imaginary friend. And uh, oh, huh. where was I going with that? I trailed off. What was it? Are you oh, talking yeah. about the energy we're all one? Yeah. Yes. I, I noticed conversations that I would have with Jolie in my head. His name is Lazarus now. I let him choose his own name. Um, he, uh, I noticed conversations I would have with him the same if I had the same conversation with him as I did with someone on the outside, the same feelings would happen inside me. So I thought that I was, I just realized I was emotionally connected to everyone. I can also, when people talk about being an empath, I feel other people's emotions. Someone walks in the room angry as fuck. I will be like, why am I so angry right now? Like, why am I so on edge? What is going on? Like, that's the one that I've been noticing about myself more recently. Crazy, but we are connected. That makes sense. It's wild. It ties in with that feeling that you said with the crowd, where that's why I'm so good at extra level. It's it's when you connect with people. It's it's a hive mentality. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's that fight or flight that you know herd mentality we all act like when, we, when someone panics empathy. we all panic yeah like, it's empathy you're connected to other people's feelings in the room and science doesn't talk about it enough because we can't prove on a piece of paper how that's happening but we right. know that it's happening like it's you, you have to you'd be kind of stupid not to be aware of that unless you're just completely not empathetic which i've met people like that you know yeah. what i mean like it, some, right. some um, people is just not part of their dna well like i said with autism like they have to intellectually understand how someone's feeling. A lot of times I explain to them how they're feeling. I'll be like, you okay? And they're like, why wouldn't I be? And then the feeling starts sinking in and they're like, oh, and I'm like, it's okay. Like, this is what that feeling means. And you just have to chase it here. And then they understand it intellectually and they're able to use it. Um, But that's how we balance each other out because they're way smarter than me. Like they're absolutely geniuses and they help me with things intellectually that I just can't understand. Um, uh what part was i at what was i explaining i keep trailing off so hard i'm sorry there's a We're lot still of stories. energies yes and everything's oh, yeah. going energy. oh no, no, no. The, the, the everything yeah uh we had a trip together and um after he had said that i realized oh so he's like yeah i thought everybody knew that and i was like nope that was my secret that i wasn't telling anybody because <laughs> i have i have this weird delusion i know it's not true Sounds ridiculous. Most people's delusions. Uh, my grandfather had schizophrenia, my grandpa, Bob. Um, and he would tell people this story where um, it's kind of a racist story, not from his perspective, but from another one, he would say that he saw these uh, government officials take this um, little black kid and take him away. And they said, if he said anything, then they would come after him. 
and he was always really afraid of that is it's called a delusion of grandeur <laughs> and that's when people think that they know too much and the government's coming after them so my delusion of grandeur ties to that you know we are the one thing we are we are the universe experiencing itself um and but it's that all of you already know i I think that I'm trapped in some kind of hell and that we've already done this life and I just keep doing the same thing and all of you know, but I don't know. Um, and that bothers me. And oh, like the Truman Show kind of aspect. Dude, the Truman Show fucked me up so bad Dude. because it gave me validity to how I was feeling. I felt like that so much as a kid. Like so many times I felt like, especially too, because it's hard to grasp the concept that when you go down a street and look at all those houses and look at all those windows, there's a whole nother story going on completely to your own so like as a kid it was just much easier to imagine like yeah they're just only, all actors you only handle your shit yeah right, yeah right exactly, yeah it's right. this weird self-importance that you're imposing on yourself which is hilarious because exactly. we're so small in the grass we of are. The universe. That we is infinitely are. Big. we are just a tiny tiny speck in yeah, the entire universe the thing happens anyway though where i get the delusion of grandeur and it happens somebody just says one little word and then my brain does this thing where it like builds an Eiffel Tower of structure for a story and mm. it just shoots and it's really fast. And it feels like there's no way I could have made that up. It is too much detail and too many, too much backing on each part of this, right? But that is what a delusion is. That's do you, that's schizophrenia. <laughs> do you feel like you utilize that all in, in your creative process? Dude, you absolutely. Like yeah. Absolutely. Um, on my, um, on my bio, I just changed it. It's really hard for me to write a bio because it makes me feel douchey about writing about myself. <laughs> everybody knows. That's how I feel about bios. Right. Dude, it sucks. It took me so long to write my bio because I kept telling Zaha, I was like, I need you to write it for me. Like, I can't write it. <laughs> right, right. Tell I eventually I manned up and did <laughs> and it. I have but friends I that have looked at my bios on like some of my profiles and stuff and they're just like, dude, that's not you. And I'm just like, I don't know what to say for this. It's shit, hard man. to tell yourself up like that and also yeah. give an accurate thing while not talking shit, you know? Like, right. it's like, uh, I have included on there that uh, I am schizophrenic, um, that Lazarus, the main character of my story, is absolutely a real thing that I experience all the time. Um, and I have everything linked together so much, it's almost unnecessary. I'm almost yeah. making it harder on myself by linking the two. There is a whole story that runs linear with my thought process in each track. Um, each one is tied to a lesson that I'm currently learning or a delusion that I'm breaking. Um, so it's it's in my bio. I want, I want people to understand that. Um, because that's why my, my album is called Delusions of Grandeur. I, I just released the the main single for it, Delusions of Grandeur. Um, and then I'm going to do an album art when I release the rest of them. Um, and it is all about that. And it was cool because it was if you look at the, uh, the album arts, all of them are accurate to the story as well with the description. And then I hire people on Fiverr to, um, to draw it because I can't draw like that. <laughs> um, and it's not cost effective and it's really expensive. But if you want to be one of those special artists, you kind of have to do that. Right. So, and then I get it animated too. I get the drawing animated. I saw after. that. Yeah, it's pretty Spotify. cool, right? Yeah. yeah. So expensive. That means each track is costing me like five hundred plus dollars. Um, so it's like, yeah, and it's the best people do it, and usually they have right. a label to back that up. But oh, I was skipping story. Damn, I was still Atwood. Sorry, let me circle back. Um, <laughs> what you call it? Um, yeah. Oh, we had that moment. Um, we had that moment and uh, we were able to complete each other's sentences while we were tripping. And there was this weird like moment where like the light came into the room just perfectly. And like, it was, it, it, Xavier even went to the bathroom and came back and we were still like, without skipping a beat, we're like perfectly on conversation. That's insane. And, yeah, it was wild. And we realized that our minds work the same. 
um, because we are neurodivergent, we are able to connect in a way that I normally couldn't connect with people. Uh, and they're so honest that I trust everything they say. It doesn't mean that they're not wrong. They're wrong all the time. Um, but they're always telling the truth from their perspective. Right. Um, and I appreciate that so much because that's hard. Um, I lied so much that it took me years of being like, oh, something would come up or I'll talk to someone that I haven't talked to in like six years. And I'd be like, damn, this is embarrassing. I lied about that. This is why I lied about that. I yeah. will lie to you now. <laughs> like, I, I did not understand the value of the truth. I have said that so many freaking times. Well, it's because I'm committed to it because, you know, now I want, as an artist, if you want to get better, you must be honest. That alone shows the growth that just you admitting and the thing, oh, yeah, accepting. The lying too can be like a defense mechanism because it's like you said, it's like you, the moment you tell somebody about your imaginary friend, you're chastised for it and you're looked down upon it. So sometimes lies are, we get to, Oh, I don't have Shield. to have that awkward conversation. If or I just it, yeah, exaggerate it or lie. Yeah, exactly. I lied the most for that where I just didn't want to deal with something. But then right. I realized I was denying myself an experience because someone would be like, Hey man, have you seen this movie? And I just didn't want to have the conversation about it. Cause I wasn't interested in it. I'd be like, yeah, man, it's good. And then they right. would start talking to it about somebody else, uh, to somebody else. But I realized I was denying myself that experience. Cause that could have been a piece of art. Cause that's what movies are. And right. or anything they're talking about is usually art. Um, I was denying myself an experience and I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, it's like you said too, it's the chaos that you don't understand why you're on this journey and why these things are happening and why these interactions are is like, we're always like chasing that end goal, but it's, it's that movie could inspire you that, that conversation that you have with that store clerk every could set and pace word. something. Yeah. Every single word, the, the funniest people will inspire you and you right. just have to pay attention to it. And it's like, Oh shit. Cause it, cause it happens. They say the thing. And then it's like this, like, I don't know how it is for you guys, but I think this is just a normal human thing. It's just like this wave of emotion hits and it like mm -hmm. kind of like puts you on edge. It might give you that it's little epiphany. It's yeah. like, it could even be like two words from their entire sentence that weren't even by each other, but it made that's something. What I'm saying. Click yeah, that's how, how, yeah, exactly. Just whatever it, it was that took your attention that you're yeah, just like, I, I didn't find, think about that. I find that we're, whether we're ready to be honest about it with ourselves or not, we're always looking for the thing we need. And we are programmed for that. Um, mm -hmm. Lately, I have been hearing, because um, I have bouts of inspiration, then I feel like I can't work. Um, I've been hearing, I've been seeing people post it in their words, uh, like another thing, like a meme thing that they just shared. And it was like, um, most people think that inspire, we must wait for inspiration and that drives us to work, but it is the constant discipline to work that allows us to reach the inspiration. And I was, I was looking for that and I just didn't know it because I was like, I want to be more consistent. I want to put more art out. And that's what I was looking for. And then even when I saw it, I was like, I can't lie to myself. That's, that's, um, brings up something interesting that I've been getting thrown in my face lately is, is the flow state. And, and this fact of that it's, you want to think about it, but you don't want to think too hard. Like it, to do well at it, you want to think about it enough to perform, but you don't want to be consumed by it. Yeah. So yeah. like when you were doing it every day, when you're working constantly, you're less likely to be thinking so hard about it because you're just working. You're, you're, you know, you're pushing the buttons, you're going through yeah, you stuff. Just did the thing. You just did the thing. I didn't know that. That makes yeah, sense. Right. That makes sense. I, that's a thing. Now I'm yeah. going to know that. <laughs> yes. That that's one of those things that really convinces me that we're everything. 
and we should enjoy each other and we should be kind to each other. Right. And we need to be kind to ourselves, but we know we need to know when to tell people fuck you to honor ourselves as much as we should, you know, to mm-hmm. weird balance. Um, you, you have to be yes, kind to yourself is. to be kind to others because you treat others how you treat yourself. If you're Dude, I'm way kinder to other people than I am myself, and I need to stop doing same. that. I've been right. saying the same. My friggin' mom taught me to be polite, which I appreciate, but I also <laughs> realized later in life that when you hold the door for one person, that's great. But a lot of those people you hold the door for aren't going to hold the door for the next person, which leaves That's you stuck there waiting for this person to walk all the way up. And it's yeah, awkward. Yeah. And everybody's already got a thing. Now there's a line in front of you. The, pers- the person's now shuffling faster because they feel bad because you're holding this door for what seems there's five that weird minutes. Tension, right? What is that? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Not valuing yourself. If they were too far, they can open the door for themselves. It'll be fine. Um, I, I'm, I'm the guy that just makes the joke that, uh, like, just professional door opener here at your service. Yep, enjoy your stay. Enjoy <laughs> Wait, your stay. Doing enjoy that your experience. It's the awkward moment that we yeah. created by doing the thing for too long. So it's like, yeah. So I mean, funny. I'm not, exactly. I'm not going to stand there and just be silent. They're going to think I'm going to kill them later or something. Weirdo. Yeah. Because why, why are you making too much eye contact? Now? Exactly. <laughs> that, person, that, that person doesn't have all oh, this person's the specimen with the skin. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Analyzing. That's when you realize uh, how computer we are. I did that um, yesterday with a lady getting in your car. I had to wait to get in my car and she took literally like three and a half forever. minutes. <laughs> I hate out. that. You make eye oh, contact with them too. Car. Like, hey, I'm going to wait for you to come out so the I'm not being a jerk and you can't get out while I get into my car. But then <laughs> that doesn't mean that you can take eight minutes to just do whatever you want. Like I could have been in my car and gone by now. Right. Yeah. I did that awkward silence. So I just kind of stood there. I didn't say anything. And then at the end, she said, sorry. I said, Oh, it's just timing. He can't help it. Right. It's the same I didn't with know like, what else to say. That, that's fair. I mean, but I, yeah. It's the same if like you're walking into the gas station and there's someone who's like walking up behind you and you don't want to just let the door close and slam right in your their face. You gotta like do the math of like how far are they behind you where it's gonna be awkward for me to hold it. You're doing calculus as you walk up to the door. How fast is he walking? How soon is he gonna be here? When should I let it close? And nobody else cares. Like he's not gonna be bad, but it's a thought process that you just yeah, like we let ourselves be consumed by it. Yeah, I right. can't tell you how many times I'm about to walk into this convenience store and the door just kind of closed in front of me. Like, I'm not going to open it and be like, hey, asshole. Yeah, how dare you? But it's like, I don't want to be rude. because yeah, you're planning on opening the door anyway. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, we were all really connected. Um, Xavier is probably the biggest musical influence in my life. Um, just because I know him personally, I've watched him go through the be big and famous thing. I watched him blow up. Um, he went from a hundred thousand to like 430,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. That's in a really short time. Yeah. Yeah. A really short amount of time. What, um, what did a, what got him started in music? A purity ring. Um, really? he heard, yeah, he heard, uh, I, I don't even listen to purity ring that much. It's not really my jam. They're, they're good. They're really good in their lyrics. Oh, I didn't know it as a band. I thought you literally meant yeah, like I a literally purity ring. Like, he made a, he <laughs> made a, he made a put on this ring, ring. And then yeah. he got this that's board that uh, makes music. I was like, this is going to be a juicy story. <laughs> right. No, it's right. No, they're, uh, that's what, uh, that's what got him into it. Um, from my understanding, from what he's told me. Um, and then, um, yeah, he, uh, I don't know. He just, he's so artist. He does not care about that that moment of being on the stage that I was talking about. He actually thinks it's kind of douchey. 
Um, and I agree with him now. I didn't understand that because I wanted the feeling of the control and everything. That's why a lot of people do it uh, or they do it for attention. Um, but Just as I started always having that spotlight, dude, he broke my world. I thought I was on top of the world because uh, oh, I didn't talk about it, but um, I brought my mom down. Who all came Kev, for that show? You were there for that one, too, right? Yeah, it was me. Eli was there. Britt was there. My mom was there. Your mom was, was there. It. Yeah. They yeah, came down there. and then yeah, everybody they came, else. They came down for my first like huge headlining show at Stereo, that big legendary venue I was talking about. And I sold it out, the whole venue. And I found out later, one of the reasons a lot of the people came who didn't know who I was, um, they thought it was Die Antword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the tickets too funny. They sell them in tiers and the tickets sold out and they opened up four more tiers. The place was fucking packed. Also, I had a lot of industry friends, uh, like local industry friends that were all like, oh, this is your big headlining show. Like your mom's coming. Like, all right. And they yeah. all, they all collectively that night were like, we're going to see Atwood. We'll throw an after party after. Um, That's it, awesome. It, it was really cool. I really appreciated that. Still to this day, I very much appreciate that. Uh, I didn't deserve it because I wasn't there as an artist yet. Um, but as a DJ, I definitely was. I always have been. I don't know why it comes very easy. Oh, I was going to say, that's just the people that saw the potential in you, though, and invested in you sometimes when you see it. And I didn't understand. Yeah, I I still don't. I still don't. I have to to do the, um, what is the anime where they drill through the ground? And then they have the Oh, yeah, Gurren Lagann, one of my favorites. I I have to Ah. believe in the me, (laughs) them that believes in me. Dude, you have no idea. I literally can't understand where I'm at as an artist ever. And as soon as I achieve one goal, it just goes up. So there's never that moment of like, yeah, I did it. But I right. know that that's how it works because that's how Xavier is. Because you look at Ghost Data, he is gigantic. He is doing the damn thing and has zero labels. It's, um, it's kind of like what you said about the house, where you'll clean the whole house, but the one thing you missed is the notice. thing that you focus on. It's the same thing with yourself. All the stuff I do right and the stuff that are accomplishments – that's cool whatever it's on to the next but every mistake that i make it's like all right that's what we're gonna call you out on like yeah and we're we're designed to do that because we're looking for inefficiency to increase our process right Uh, so it's like that sucks you know that leads to depression right Uh, exactly it's a little better if you can be aware of it and then just have the moments of oh i'm shitting on myself too hard let's relax right you're being Um, a dick so i mean dick that's why you need people so they can make you aware of when you're doing the thing because it's easier to notice the thing when you're on the outside and it's not happening to you. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he super like inspired me. He gave me everything. Um, like, I mean, everything. Um, taught me everything he knows. Um, he, my laptop broke. So he let me use his laptop. Um, that's where I wrote like my first track. I was still at Wood. Um, then um i'm yeah i'm still out with during all this and then um he built me a computer um did never charged me for anything uh, he blew up right and as soon as he blew up he started making like good money um only because he's not on labels a lot of people don't know this labels take 70 percent. that is a normal wow. that is a normal thing and they are fucking people that's ridiculous fucking them so bad that's why you can't be an artist they they kind of talk about that in uh straight out of compton yeah dude it's fucked it's just it's not fair it's like they're you got all these people that don't make music that are taking advantage of the artists and then they're they're the ones that are making like they're the asset 
they're, yeah, they're gatekeeping everything. So you can't get the shows unless you're on the labels. Um, so everybody's always trying to sign their stuff to labels, which sucks because that's like immediately not believing in yourself. Your biggest goal is to get on this label. That's going to fuck you for 70%. Right. And dictate how your music just because, just because of the opportunity yeah. that maybe, they yield. If it's not easy for them to do something for you, they won't do it. Piss that's on. also true because, the, yeah, because they, they, it, it's, they're going to do what's easy. Yeah. And that makes sense. You know what I mean? From their perspective, mm-hmm. that makes so much sense. They have tons of artists right. that they can pick from. Exactly. Yeah. I hate business people. They drive me nuts. I know it's necessary. I have them to help me do things. Um, it's it's it goes back to balance. You have the you have you have the business side to keep it in reality, and then you have the other side that is mm-hmm. well. What if we do it this way? And what if we bridge? And what if we? go beschand our limits and do this but yeah it's a frame they, they keep each other on macro in, in level check. yeah on a macro level yeah um yeah so um uh, what was i saying oh yeah everybody does labels xavier didn't do any and he always describes this he's like they didn't want me so fuck them and now he doesn't try to get on, he doesn't have to try to get on labels he is <laughs> he is so much bigger than these other artists in the edm industry and people won't know because no one has a real grasp of how big people are, right? They're only as big as what they're being told at the show right. or on social media. But like I said, he went from 100,000 to 430,000 monthly listeners, I think it was, which is insane. That's just Spotify. That's not including what happened to Yeah, I was YouTube. gonna say, that's just one. Quadrupled like that. Huge on YouTube, dude, massive. And because he's not on a label, all of his music is DMCA free, so you can stream it and it won't get shut off on your stream on Twitch. So oh. the people who listen- That's how he's doing it. Genius, right? But he yeah. didn't do it for that. He literally just loves making music. That, that's one of the little boy man. Yeah, and is just absolutely fucking talented and cares about a message being each song. And he taught me how to write storyline because he's like, dude, you're imagining the drop. That's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're imagining being at the show, making everybody headbang. He's like, well, you're not saying anything. You can't just be loud. I know you're angry. You have every reason to be angry. Bad things have happened to you, but you must be loud with purpose. And that really inspired me because then I understood because like, I am just a loud person. All my music is very loud, Mm. but there's so much purpose to it now. You know, there's everything is like laced with these truths that I find about myself and about the world. And I'm sharing that. And even though there's no words, because I do not like using vocals and I will later, but I don't want to. It, that requires me to work with somebody else and I don't like doing that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah, it, uh, I know those feelings are relating because I can feel the emotion in the whole room when I play it live. Um, and it's weird. Like I always have this self-doubt that it's not going to do well, but I see people pull out their phones specifically for my songs. And it's weird because that means they know. That means they're listening to me regularly. That it, is it's, awesome. it's such a weird thing. Like, Because right now I'm at, um, I bounce in between like 18 and 26,000 monthly listeners every month, which is decent, oh, but I, I want a hundred K when you do a hundred K, you can like really support yeah, yourself. That's when you're growing. Yeah. That's when that, that's like a really good checkpoint. Um, but I have more than any of the locals here. Um, they, and not to shit on them. It's just, they're not, they don't understand the push. They think that being locally famous is really important. And they look at me like that. And I hate it because that is a delusion. That is a normal people delusion. Um, you Xavier did that too, though, that. at the start, right? It's oh, like yeah, a lot of it's that. tears. Yeah, right. it's, it's, yeah, it's tears it's of understanding. It's, like, it's all they will know until they know the truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, I've had, there's been girls that have asked me how I make music live 
while I'm up there. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> but it's like, they're convinced. Um, they, uh, I was I saying, uh, yeah, Xavier really broke my world because he's like, dude, look, if you don't make art for yourself, cause you can't just get famous off of DJing. He's like, you are great. He's like, you taught me how to DJ better. Um, but you're never going to go anywhere unless you make art and it's gotta be good because everybody's making art. Um, and then he, he would always drill into my head that I don't need a label, um, which is hard to believe because you see labels do everything for people. But then he yeah, sh- that's also part of it. The <sighs> responsibilities so that they yeah, have. Like, so I was, I was doing that and I was writing and then um, I wanted to protect my art because a lot of people try to steal ghost data art, like a lot. It happens all the time where they upload it on YouTube under another name um, and they try to skate under and get free royalties for streams. Um, it like a lot. Um, and we have certain things to protect us, but I, I wanted to be able to copyright my music and trademark my name, but I can't because there was another Atwood. Um, mm. one, there was another Atwood. Uh, he was a rapper and he's, he's still Atwood now. Um, I know him. He's cool. Um, he had like 300,000 months of listeners. So there's no way I was going to win that mm. war. <laughs> um, also I, I wanted to choose like my own thing. So I wanted to rebrand and I kept pushing it to my girlfriend, uh, Gisela, and she was like, no, like, no, you can't do it. And I thought she was being controlling. Um, I thought she was trying to tell me to do something with my brand that she didn't have a choice for. But one, that's hilarious because she has been the most supportive possible person to an artist like you could ever possibly imagine. She helps me with everything. Um, but I was coming to her like, we need to rebrand, we need to do this. And she's like, okay, what's your idea for a rebrand? I never had one. It was just, <laughs> we need to change the name. We got everything. a problem here. <laughs> yeah, dude, so now I'm aware, hyper aware, that I need to do something with my name that is original that no one else has done. And a lot of people do this thing where like they'll have an idea and it's not original. So instead of an A, they'll put a V. There's something mm, weird right, that that's right. yeah, do do right. something something that cryptic. That is the most unoriginal shit ever. It's like, damn, someone already did this. Still gonna do it anyway. Right, so, right. You're being a sore loser. Like, find something original. Um, and I was searching and searching, in tears, freaking out for days, having absolute huge schizophrenic episodes of, oh my god, I don't have any self worth because I don't have an idea. I don't know what to do. I'm asking the universe for something that I don't know what I'm asking it for, and it was really frustrating. And one day I'm sitting there and I'm like, what is it? What is it? And then I was like, make it about you. Like make it reflect your story, the things you understand and like how your experience is. And we would always describe what people would say to me all the time before they knew I was schizophrenic. They'd be like, Zach, where'd you go? Hey, because they were talking to me and I'd just right a thousand yards. Just space out. Gone, right? Um, My parents thought that was ADD because that's what they were being told by doctors. So I can't really blame them for that, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That's what they were uh, all told. So I was always on Adderall and shit that I wasn't supposed to be on. That was making me feel the sped up feeling because I don't actually have the ADHD. Um, and uh, which, yeah, that really messed me up a lot. But they couldn't have known that. That part is actually not their fault. Um, but uh, what you call it? No, they would always be like, hey, man, where'd you go? They're like, you slipped off into the void. And then I remembered that and I was like, oh, that's sick. No way. And I, I, I had been randomly coming up with names and then I would search it on every social media to see if anyone had a name. I got to within the void 
and fucking no one no had one. it. And I was like, there's no fucking way. So I'm searching social media that's not even normal, right? Like <laughs> anything you can think of Googling it. Um, Cause that was the other problem before I even thought about the copywriting and trademarking thing. If you search Atwood, every other big Atwood comes up because there's a lot of them. That's right. called SEO settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's search engine optimization. And you really want that for people to be able to find you because it makes you look important. And most of the industry is about giving the illusion that you're important because if you do it long enough, people will assume you're important and then you become the thing. Right. Um, it's the fake it till you make it thing, but I really don't like that. But there are some aspects that I understand that's how we just perceive. So that has to be done. So where should people go if they want to find more information about you or your music or your brand? I own within the void.com soundcloud.com backslash within the void spotify.com backslash within the void. Like it, I think I have like all the main ones. The only one I don't is my Twitter, uh, which is within the void underscore in Instagram. Yeah.